and welcome to Riffs on Riffs, where we unravel the tangled threads that connect popular songs and the artists who made them. I'm Joe Watson, and I'm joined by my doppelganger of a co-host, Toby Braswell. What's up, Toby? <laughs> Man, I am well. I am well. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we are back in our recording groove again. Yeah, how, Can I say you, that? How are you enjoying day 3,047 of the quarantine? <laughs> is this, is this oh, going it, go for you? It's only 3 million days? I thought it was longer than that. We're doing it the best we can. I'm hoping that this show helps people uh, cope as much as it's helping me. So Maybe that's our new hashtag. Cope with COVID. Listen to riffs. <laughs> Something. All right. Well, to kick off the show today, Toby, I have I have a very important question for you. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, please hit me. Do you like to party? Joe, that's a really odd question. And you know recently that I, you know, we, we got a dog and, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Lincoln. a little puppy. Love, love and, you know, I'm wondering if you got a puppy as well, uh, because, you know, everyone goes potty and potty training is is is... <laughs> Is tough and no one really likes all of that. So I don't think anyone really likes likes it, even though that you need to do it no, no. as far as potty uh, is concerned. Tob, Tob, I, I didn't say potty. I said party. P-A-R-T-Y. Oh. Do you like to party? Is that oh. Better? Yeah. Uh, so you know, like birthday. Yeah, birthday cakes, barbecues, friends, family over. Maybe if it's a good one, like you get the old pinata out and take a few hacks at it. Right? I've never had a piñata. You know what? I, feel like I don't think I cheated. have rap either, but <laughs> but our next party, we're going to have a piñata. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> wow, who doesn't like an old-fashioned party? If you're hosting one, you certainly got to let me know because that's about all the guests that you can have during these COVID times. You and I, you know, know that. It's a just, party It's of just one. you and me, right? It's a party, <laughs> a party of Absolutely. us. Absolutely. No gatherings. Yeah. Well, since we are just recording this from the safety of our respective homes, I say we let the good times roll for this episode and we make it a full-on, we're going to make this a rager, right? Eric can crank up some craft work through the headphones. Oh, we can all do the robot. Oh, like, this will be epic. <laughs> epic. Or maybe we could poke, like, number two pencils in our eyes and ears. That would accomplish, like, the same goal. <laughs> All right, good point, good point. Okay, so instead, how about we explore the connections between some other artists that indeed like to partay? I believe you were referring to Dougie Fresh, Slick Rick, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew, specifically their 1985 hit that includes the iconic lines, Lottie Dottie, we like to party, we don't yes. cause trouble, we yeah. don't bother nobody. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could go on and on, man. I love right? that song. And that's, you know what? and that's what I love about these guys, right? It's such considerate partying. They don't <laughs> cause trouble. They don't bother nobody. You don't have to bang on the ceiling and tell them to keep the noise down, right? Like, it's all good. You know what? They would be so considerate. If this song was made during COVID times, I bet you wouldn't even have to ask them to put their masks on. I bet they would just do <laughs> they it. They would just do it, right? <laughs> they it's, just would do it. It's not so that considerate. hard. <laughs> Lovely, lovely. Yeah. Can't say the same about another artist who interpolated Lottie Dottie, Miley Cyrus, for her 2013 hit, We Can't Stop. It's pretty clear that this is not the wholesome party from your grade school years. Did she have a pinata? <laughs> what would she have ball? as a pinata? About it? <laughs> she had a wrecking ball. Uh, it's perfect. Yes. Well done, my friend. Well done. Well, she is one of hundreds that have sampled Lottie Dottie. It is one of the most sampled songs in history. But did you know that Lottie Dottie itself samples a cover of a smash hit from 1963? 
But Joe, before we explain the connection of Lottie Dottie and how we got down this rabbit hole, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Riffs on Riffs. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back with Riffs on Riffs. I'm Toby Braswell here with my co-host, Joe Watson. And so we begin with our tangled musical webs. Let's head to Japan to get this party started and a track from Kayu Sakamoto called Sukiyaki. Well, here's a fun fact. Japan is the world's second largest record market. So it's interesting that while English-speaking artists do well in Japan, there is not a whole ton of crossover success from Japanese artists back into the U.S. and into the U.K. And just for the record, I am still very big in Japan. And I'm the queen of England. (laughs) (laughs) If that's the case. Then by all means, please give us the Meghan and Harry update of the day, Your Highness. Okay. All right. Two words. Okay. Beef stew. Uh, 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 what? Beef stew. Uh, you know, for some reason, I really was not expecting that. You know, like even if you were to just sort of drop random food names, <laughs> I figured you might go like Beef Wellington or what is it? Welsh Rarebit or maybe even a little Surf and Turf. But, uh, Look at you. you. Look at you. So, so you care to explain yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So beef stew is the rough translation of sukiyaki. And so the number one song for three weeks in 1963 was a Japanese ditty about meat dishes, of all things. <laughs> of all things, yes. Well, here's a, as you might imagine, there's a bit of a funny story about that. So while, yes, that is indeed the title, it turns out that the song has nothing to do with prepared meats. The subject matter is actually quite a bit heavier than a full belly after a meal, which not that I've ever done that. The original right. title of Sukiyaki is Ue Muite Oroko, which translates to I look up as I walk. The oh. lyrics were written by a gentleman by the name of Rokosue um, E.I. So I, I, don't, I don't know how you pronounce that last name. It's just the letters E.I. E-I is right. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good, you, good job on that. Good job. So he was returning home from a Japanese student protest against U.S. military presence and was feeling frustrated and dejected. The lyrics actually tell the story of a man who looks up and whistles while he is walking so that his tears will not stream down his cheeks. Now, that's definitely some pretty heavy stuff. That is heavy stuff. So how exactly does this suddenly become beef stew? Well, the head of Britain's Pie Records at the time, Louis Benjamin, heard the song while touring Japan. He thought that British DJs would never play that track under its actual title. So Pai changed the title to a Japanese word that English speakers would recognize, even if that was a simply just a food dish, right? It was kind wow. of makes sense. Like, hey, they, they changed the name, and I bet they'll play it just because they can pronounce it. Is this why I don't have a hit record? Do I just need to make a song called, like, <laughs> Hot Dog, and then, then I'm good? Oh, boy. Or Mac well, and Cheese, like... First off, there is a song called Hot Dog. Oh, well. First off, so you wouldn't be the first one. You'd have to make your song like Wiener or something like that. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa. Hot, Fra- okay. hot Franks. <laughs> this, is, this is going down the wrong path. All right, well, for 
Pie Records, at least, the strategy worked. The song went to number 10 in the UK, and then a Washington DJ in the States picked up Sakamoto's original version and played it on a radio show. Well, then Capitol Records picked it up and released it under the Sukiyaki title, and, you know, the rest is history. So this is one of the best-selling international singles of all time. It sold over 13 million copies worldwide. Beef Stew. Yeah, Beef Stew, that's incredible. It was also the only non-European language song to reach number one in the U.S. until Psy's worldwide smash Gangnam Style in 2012. That's crazy. Right? Look at that. Yeah, so... Well, unfortunately, we have sort of this tragic historical note, right? So, Kyo Sakamoto was one of 520 people killed when Japan Airlines Flight 123 crashed in 1985, which was the second deadliest aircraft accident mm. in history. It's just 520 on a plane just gone. That's yikes. Yeah, that, that is very sad. Uh, For sure. Well, let's chat for a minute about a happier thought. So what are some of the best songs about food? Hmm. Well, okay. Does does drink, can we go food and drink to drinks, Kyle? It does in my book. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So um, I'm going to start with a song that I despise. Okay. I would say this is not a good song about food, but American Pie, Don McLean, like, you know, like everybody knows that. Okay. Take the Chevy okay. to the levee by, yeah. All you that, hate which that ironically song. was also about a plane crash, right? <laughs> Wasn't that about the big popper? Yeah. I think you're about right. Yeah, so there's one. What do you got? Well, this song is titled about food, but it's not really about food. It's Brown Sugar by D'Angelo. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, has, well, yeah. Or the Stones, <laughs> which again, I don't think is really about food. Yeah. And then there's Margaritasville, right? Margaritasville, okay. that's well, a good one. We could do tequila. Right, so Kayla, that's for sure. Which what you need for your margarita? And what's the name of that song? Uh, I like bread and butter. I mm, like I like toast, toast and jam. And jam. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. The name of that is that's a good one. If we stayed on the tequila vibe, we could do the Eagles and Tequila Sunrise. If we okay. had to do fruit, we could go. We could we could hear it through the grapevine. Right. True. 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 But if we went back to to liquor, I think Tennessee whiskey. Um, <laughs> man, uh, Stapleton. That 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 does it. That does it for me. Do you remember what's the what's the uh, the one about meatballs, right? Like the meatball falls on the floor, like on top of old Smokey. I lost my oh, poor yeah. meatball. The spaghetti you know on top of spaghetti. On yeah, of yeah, spaghetti. yeah. I remember that. That's a good yeah. one. That's a good one for sure. Well, on the topic of food, let's see how sukiyaki was taken to number one on the charts years later by the LA group A Taste of Honey in 1980. Now, this is a cool story that really demonstrates what we always say: music is a universal language. So a Taste of Honey singer Janice Marie Johnson was nine years old when she first heard Sukiyaki on the radio. And even though she did not understand the lyrics, she was deeply moved, which is cool, right? Like you can get the gist of the song, even if you don't understand the words, you're like, I know this song is, is intense, right? It's moving me. So even if, we, even if we name it wrong, like people still reacted to it. So she heard it and then she begged her mom to buy the record. And then 18 years later, after, you know, Taste of Honey had done the whole boogie-oogie-oogie thing and whatever, she wanted to cover their song with her band. And so she contacted the original lyricist, Rokosuke Ai, who sent over the literal translation of the lyrics to her. Well, since the literal version didn't translate into complete English sentences, she decided to rewrite the lyrics and make the song about a love gone bad. Yeah, there is nothing worse than beef stew gone bad. That's, that's no You'd good. definitely be loving the toilet, I'll tell you that. Oh, tell you that yes. much. It's, potty. it's back to potty time. <laughs> back to potty time. Back. 
So she also had to battle her record label to get it recorded and released. So we're talking about a battle potentially with the toilet and her record label. That's just <laughs> not, not, not what day. you want. Not a good no. day at all. So Cecil Hale, who's a VP of Capitol Records at the time, had said, absolutely not. Black people don't want to hear Japanese music. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Right? So I looked him up. Cecil is black. So I guess he can at least say that perhaps for himself, he didn't want to hear Japanese music. But, sure. but, but Johnson had a great reply. She's like, well, last time I looked in the mirror, I was black and I want to hear it. So thankfully, she won out, and I'm pretty sure that Cecil and the rest of Capitol is glad that she did. Yeah. But how did we get down this rabbit hole? I mean, we were far away from where we were. So how do we get back to party, not potty, party, and Lottie Dottie? Well, the original version of Lottie Dottie contains song lyrics of the Taste of Honey version of Sukiyaki. So they actually sampled it. But since the sample was never cleared back in, what, 85, later CD versions of the song just omit that middle section. So there's the connection. Really? Yep. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the Get Fresh crew, starting with Douglas Davis, a.k.a. Dougie Fresh. Well, okay. First of all, there's two cool things about this rap pioneer. One, he's known as the human beatbox, which, I mean, is there? there's not a whole lot cooler than that in my book. And two, he was born in Barbados, which for some reason just sounds like a place that ranks high on my bucket list of all-time travel destinations. Mm-hmm. You just want to meet Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by all accounts, she likes to party, right? <laughs> and I do just love her jazzy ways. But Yeah, absolutely. You know what, Tom? Can we, can we play a game? How about we play the famous people from Barbados game? And this is going to be a very short game for me. Um, I'm not sure about the rules, uh, but uh, l- let's give it a go. Okay. I'm going to give you three names, and you tell me which one is not of... I see it. Like, if you're from Barbados, you would be from... Uh, and I don't know how to pronounce this. It's B-A-J-A-N, is it? Bajan? Bajan? Bajan yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Bajan. I'll yeah. go with that. So mm-hmm. you tell me which one of these three is not of Bajan descent. Are you ready? Yep. Grandmaster Flash... Okay. Gwyneth Paltrow, okay. Jada Pinkett Smith. I'm thinking, I think it is Gwyneth, because I think she's from, is she, is she from, no, I don't know. Jada. Okay. Jada, she, yeah. Jada. Well, it turns out it's Jada. a trick question, because apparently they all are. So really? Or not. Yeah. I hate when you do that. I, I know, hate when I you cheated. do that. I'm a cheater. Tell what you want from me. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I didn't, I didn't know that at all. So thank you for Truthfully, sharing. Truthfully, I did not. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> well, besides being the human beatbox, Dougie Fresh is also the inspiration for the dance move named after him, the Dougie. So, Joe, do you know how to Dougie? Um, you know, Tob, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I prefer to go with the Joey. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Not familiar with that one, buddy. Not familiar with that one at all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach it to you. It's, honestly, it's pretty simple, really. You just sort of make like a baby kangaroo, and you just oh, hop the hell off the dance floor. You just Yeah, I've seen, I saw you doing that a while back. <laughs> Wasn't impressed and do not need lessons on it. No, no, let, let's make that happen. Let's make that happen when we okay. get a chance. Next time, after this COVID thing is over, right, you can show me. Right. How about that? Yeah. All right. Well, let's chat a little bit about the rhyme half of the Get Fresh crew and one of the most talented MCs and lyricists of all time, Richard Walter, a.k.a. MC Ricky D, a.k.a. Slick Rick, the yes. ruler. Yeah, certainly an icon, one of the best storytellers of all time. I think, you know, we're going to go to Questlove, who I think sums it up best with this quote. 
Point blank, Slick Rick's voice was the most beautiful thing to happen to hip hop culture. Rick is full of punchlines, wit, melody, cool cadence, confidence, and style. He is the blueprint. Well, that's definitely some high praise and well-deserved. But I'm seeing a recurring issue rear its ugly head again from this episode. Did you know that Lottie Dottie was once again the B-side of the single? I mean, I I feel that we need to put together a PSA for artists. Release the B-side first. Like, go with your, (laughs) what what should I say? Go with your second best shot. Don't go with your gut. Just uh, Or don't listen to the record company, right? Go with plan B. That's our new slogan. Always choose plan B. You know, okay, I can get down with that. But in this case, the A-side did not do too shabby either. It was a song called The Show that went gold, which Spin Magazine named the top rap single of the year. And it also became the inspiration for a diss track by Salt and Pepper. Yeah, sure did. So inspired by Roxanne Shantae, they decided to do a diss track response to the show called The Showstopper. Now, at the time, they were named Supernature, and the Showstopper's radio play propelled them to booking gigs and further recognition. So uh, definitely, it didn't. It, let's put it this way, it was more of a show starter for them. Yeah, it sounds oh, like. well done. Good job. You like that? I'm here well, all sh- day. <laughs> <laughs> or at least for the next few minutes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the, the show also gets bonus points in my book for sampling parts of the Inspector Gadget theme song. It's kind of like how, you remember how Wu-Tang used the underdog theme song, which we yeah. talked about in a previous episode. Yeah. So, Tobe, did, Inspector Gadget. Right. So clearly you remember Inspector Gadget. Did you watch it growing up? Of course I did. Absolutely. And Penny and then the, the dog was the dog's name. Oh, say. I don't was know. It, that, what was, was it? Brain? The bad guy was like the claw or something. Oh, the yeah. brain. Yeah, right. It was, it was good. I love that show. I love that show. Yeah. So, of course, as an adult, and I'm like, okay, let's go back and look up Inspector Gadget, right? And I'm reading up on it. <laughs> and now there's all this talk about how Penny is, must be an orphan because they never talk about her parents. And she has to go with Inspector Gadget because he's... If she keeps him alive, then she's okay. But if something happens, then she's an orphan again. And it's all this like sad, heavy stuff. And I'm like, good Lord, people, you're shattering more of my childhood dreams here. Stop it. Sir, this is, let me remind you that this is a party episode. Okay. You need to bring it back. All right. I'm bring, sorry. Bring it back. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My God. All right. Well, let, let's, let's keep it going then. Keep the party going with the cover of Lottie Dottie by a man who is certainly an expert on parties. I'm just guessing. He and Rihanna could could probably teach a crash course. (laughs) Snoop Dogg. While not released as a single from his 1993 debut album, Doggy Style, Lottie Dottie still charted and won Video of the Year at the 1995 The Source Hip Hop Music Awards. So, and of course, Biggie flipped the course of Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick's original version of Lottie Dottie in a very similar fashion for his 1997 hit, Hypnotize. So let me say this. I I do want to say something about the Snoop Dogg and that album. Of course, that was a fantastic album. I think everyone had that album at that time, right? Everyone's listening to it day in and day out. And that was right in our music listening wheelhouse, right? We were in college and that was just on nonstop. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm going to be honest right here. I'm probably going to get killed for saying this, but... Oh, I like it. Controversy. In my house, there was no hip-hop being listened to at all. So we had to sneak around with tapes and and what have you to listen to stuff. So my first time hearing Lottie Dottie was Snoop's version Uh of that song. So I learned all the words of that song. Really? Yep, yep. Wow, I don't feel so bad. 
Yeah, because I mean, you know, I didn't have. I mean, what? And when did when did Lottie Dottie come? It was like eighty three or eighty five or something. So we were right, young. Right. So oh, yeah, it's totally not right. like we went back and 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 brought get fresh crew cassette tapes. You know, we were we were listening to other stuff when we had high school and stuff. So I'm with you, man. Like that's kind of the cool thing, and I think the kids are doing that now. Or every generation does that, right? You hear stuff. You find out where it comes from. You go back. You find the original source. You get turned on to that, and it just kind of. I mean, your, your son's doing that, right? Oh, absolutely. And he's having a lot of fun doing it too. It's a lot of rabbit holes of conversation. You know, like, oh, you like that? Well, I bet you'll like this too. And uh, you know, good times. Good times for sure. I never thought about the hypnotize. Never really related it to the slick Rick. I just kind of took it for granted. But yeah, there he samples. Yeah, that whole again, course, right? It's just yeah, same thing. The other cool thing about hypnotize is it samples the beat from the 1979 Herb Alpert instrumental Rise, which spent two weeks at number one. It won the Grammy for Best Pop Instrumental Performance. And pretty sure I read a story where Puffy asked to clear the sample. And they said, sure, which was kind of a big deal because to that point, they had had a ton of artists and you know famous rappers and stuff who were like, that's a great track. Like, we want to take that beat. We want to take that song. And they always said no. But for whatever reason, when they heard Hypnotize, they were like, okay, yeah. That's yours. Make it, give it a go. And turns turns out that was a good call. Now, I, again, I'm going to say something I'm probably going to get killed for, but I like the song Hypnotize. All right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Biggie. I love this uh, Herb Albert's Rise. Like, I love that oh, song. That's great. Track. I, I absolutely love that. I adore that song. I remember listening to that song when it came out. Or like years later, I was only five when it came yeah. out, but I can remember driving, riding around in the car and hearing that come on the radio. Yep. I used to love it, but I do not like the way that they sampled it in this song. Like, I feel like they left some of the best parts out in Hypnotize. I do not disagree. To me, that's kind of like, uh, so Rise kind of ranks with Chuck Mangione's Feel So Good is those like, yeah, those, those instrumental tracks that you remember growing up, like walking around Higby's or something, and they would just play that. And But I'm with you, like... I feel like, I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of what Puffy does with a lot of stuff. So I can't really, I can't really. I'm, uh, now well, I'm we, going to get crucified, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we differ there. I, I do like most of the stuff that Puffy does. I just didn't like that particular song. But it is what it is. And regardless, the party never stops around here. So let's keep talking about that. So Lottie Dottie has been sampled by everyone from 50 Cent, Ice Cube, Del the Funky Homo Sapien, Kanye, Pusha T., Beyonce, Mariah Carey, De La Soul, Color Me Bad, Iggy Azalea, and of course, Miley Cyrus. Ah, well, let us talk more about that Miley track. Give me the scoop, Tom. Sure. Well, We Can't Stop is a hit single off of Miley's fourth album entitled Bangers, which was released on June 3rd, 2013. Now, I don't want to get into a lot of the background of Miley. I mean, those that are listening are probably familiar with her, her, her TMZ father. TMZ people. Also. That's why it exists. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that too. But you also, you know, probably know that her who her father is is famous country singer Billy Ray Cyrus. And you probably have already seen her on TV playing the character uh, Hannah Montana or as a judge on The Voice. I mean, so she's been everywhere. Also interesting to think about, right? Like there's a generation right now that knows Miley from The Voice, right? They don't know that she was Hannah Montana or or, or has had this whole shift in persona or that Billy Ray Cyrus was not the guy who showed up and sang a chorus for Old Town Road. He actually, you know, had a career and an achy breaky heart for a period of time. So it's fascinating how these people change and evolve. So the song We Can't Stop actually samples the lyrics from Lottie Dottie from Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick. 
her usage of the lyric on the song is more apropos because the song is all about partying and partying it up and doing whatever the heck young people do when they're not in quarantine and when adults are not present and, you know. Yeah. Things, things like that. <laughs> that, that, that. Exactly. Dot, dot, dot. So <laughs> this song was written and produced by DJ rapper, producer Mike Will, who's also worked with the likes of Rihanna, 2 oh, Chains, back to Rihanna. Lil Wayne, and Beyonce. So Miley does have some writing credit on this song, but it is certainly all about the party. So confession here. I remember when this song came out, when it first came out, I remember being shocked, right, for a couple of reasons. One of which is just the lyrics mm-hmm. that were being utilized. Like, lyrics are, are they, they are a little explicit. Oh, yeah. Really we, descriptive. Got, we got references to sex. We got drug usage. I, you know, I, look, I didn't watch Hannah Montana, but so you were shocked, huh? Shocked at, at, the, at sort of the shift in her persona? I was, but, you know, I did some thinking on it. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, being a, 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 I think being on that show, the Hannah Montana show, was kind of like being a preacher's kid. You know, at, after church is over, sometimes, you know, things get a little wild and crazy, you know, uh, come Monday. You know, hold, hold up, Tom. Like, your dad's a preacher, isn't he? I want you to focus, Joe. This show is not about me. Okay. Let, let's, let's move back. Let's keep it on. Keep it on Miley. Okay. okay. All right. I just, so let's focus. So I, I remember this album. <laughs> yeah, strike that from the record. So I remember this album being, you know, very successful for her. Her video for We Can't Stop actually set a record on the Vivo site by having more than 100 million views in 24 hours. Yeah. Well, it's a party, right? So, okay, let's move away from the song just for a second. Just talk about Miley. There were a lot of people that really liked the track. What do you think was it about it specifically that made this album so popular? Well, in hindsight, I don't think we realized that we were watching evolution right before us. You know, someone actually growing up like right in front of us, right? You had someone who really wanted to stray away from the Hannah Montana roots and really strike out on her own and do her own thing. That's what I think that we that we really saw is 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 her doing that, both lyrically and music style choice. And for Miley, that meant making this a pop version of a Southern hip-hop-influenced R&B album with romantic themes. It's an interesting album. It is. And she can write. That's one thing I like about her. I mean, she I respect her pen. She can. She can definitely write. And before anyone judges her, please remember that she is, like right now, she's 27. And I still think she's experimenting with new sounds and new ways to express herself. So I'm excited for the journey, still making music. And the beautiful thing about her, I will say, is that she can sing. Like, I love her pen because she can really write, but she can sing. I I saw that she did a version of Jolene by uh, Dolly Parton. Yeah, who's, isn't Dolly, I think Dolly's a grand, or godmother, right? I'm not sure about that. We'd have to fact check that, have to fact check that. But let me tell you, that Jolene version, impeccable. Really? Impeccable. It is fantastic. Go on YouTube and go find it. When Miley gets in her bag, when she really yeah. wants to sing, and she's singing, a, she, can, she brings it down. She did an awesome job. Well, you know, she took that gamble. She changed up her sound. But that gamble certainly worked out because the album went triple platinum, got her first Grammy nomination for Best Pop Album. So she was well on her way. Absolutely. Well, her latest single is called Slide Away, and it seems to focus on some of the life changes that she's made in her life. And in June, she came out 
And she's actually six months sober. So we want to wish her the best of luck on her journey. Absolutely. Just in the case she's listening. We love you, Miley. We love you, Miley. <laughs> best support, right? Well, speaking of journeys, we've certainly taken one today. You want to sum up all that we covered? Our first track was Lottie Dottie by Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick. We then talked about Sukiyaki, a.k.a. Beef Stew, A Taste of Honey, and other food-related hits. From there, we examined a few of the hundreds of tracks that have sampled Lottie Dottie, including Lottie Dottie by Snoop Dogg, Hypnotized by Biggie, and We Can't Stop from Miley. So you are telling me we can't stop the party. I like this. I like your style. We can continue the party, but I'm afraid this episode is over, my friend. But in the mm-hmm. meantime, you can keep the good times rolling by heading over to Spotify and listening to the playlist for this episode. Just do a search for Riffs on Riffs and select the playlist for episode 46. 46. Well, that sounds like a great plan. And while you're spinning through the interwebs, please leave us an iTunes review. Chat us up on social. You can find us at Riffs on Riffs. And as always, thank you for joining us. We'll catch you next time for Riffs on Riffs. Keep listening. Huzzah. Thanks for listening to Riffs on Riffs. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on your Apple Podcast app. Riffs on Riffs is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers, Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer, audio engineer, Eric Coltnow. And assistant producer, Declan Roars. You can find Riffs on Riffs anywhere and everywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. I'm Toby Braswell. And I'm your co-host, Joe Watson. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs. radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.